and I just love sharing all the knowledge that I've built and all my dishes with my chefs and keep on um, reinventing in a sense. I mean, I, I said a long time ago, the day I no longer have a love for it or a drive for it, it's the day I give it up. So knock on wood, I'm still not there. A quarter of a century ago, Peter Canistus started his lifelong project of redefining Greek cuisine for Australia. He's still going. We catch up with him today at his Sydney restaurant, Plos, a waterfront restaurant nestled within the heritage listed warehouses of Campbell's Cove. Peter, I'm so excited to be talking to you, a legend of the industry. Welcome to Dirty Linen. Oh, thank you, Danny. How are you? I'm great. I'm really good. I love Greek food. I love waterfront dining. Who doesn't? Uh, and um, yeah, I'm really excited to dig into your great career and, and learn more about what you're up to now. Let's let's start with now. Tell us about the restaurant. About Plus? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it's, I mean, I'm, gosh, it's been something I've been dreaming about for years. I mean, wow. To I mean, firstly, to be able to be in that location, to be right on Sydney Harbour. Uh, um, yeah, I'm still pinching myself. Um, we, um, uh, I mean, as I've been with Alpha for the last 10 years and about, oh, when was it? Oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. January 2020, I think it was, when I was offered the space and um, I was like, absolutely, I'd love to do that. And, well, a few months later, the world kind of stopped and we couldn't do anything for almost a year and a half, um, but then finally opened uh, a year ago and I, it was just Something I wanted to do, I, it was just my next chapter in Greek food in a sense. I wanted to finally start um, showcasing regional Greek food. Um, uh, and so that's how Plus sort of came together. I thought I would, um, how would I put it? I, I wanted to showcase dishes that a lot of people might not know yet and I thought I'd start with uh, Crete and Cyprus because their their cuisine is so unique and I love it. I'm not from that part of the world but I've spent a lot of time in those areas and I just love the food that, you know, um, I've enjoyed from those regions and the Indigenous produce and so on and I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to do that as, my, as the next chapter of my life and, yeah, luckily it's been great till now. Uh, well, that's so good to hear. Um, great to hear the optimism and energy as you speak about it. Tell us about some of the dishes that really make Plus what it is, that really sort of speak to the cuisine. Okay. Um, hmm, let me think. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of – okay, one of the newest dishes we've got on, um, I remember many years ago when I was in Crete, I had this braised calamari dish with – and it was served um, – um, Oh, gosh, I just said Crete, sorry, in Cyprus. It was a, a dava dish where they served this braised calamari with eggplant and peppers, and they were using shinos in it, this spice that's in that region. Um, it comes from an in, indigenous cherry, like where mastica comes from. It's actually the kernel of the, the wild cherry. And um, the, I, I always loved that dish. It remained with me. And so me being me, I was never happy enough with just doing the traditional version of it. I took that dish. I did almost a roulade of this pickled eggplant and roasted peppers, rolled it up, stuffed it inside the whole uh, calamari and then braised them in a biba sarcasi, like a spiced pepper paste with, um, and then finished them with a glaze of the shinos 
um, berries, and that's one of the dishes I have on. Another one is a take on a spanakopita, but it's but a spanakopita that's been far removed. Uh, but I beautiful like it's a spanakopita, and I've taken the influence of a of a dish called a manti, which they eat throughout Cyprus, but then they eat throughout the Middle East uh, as well. They're like little dumplings. So basically, I took all the flavors of spanakopita, stuffed them inside these little pastries poached them in a burnt butter and retina um, glaze and then finish them with shards of um, uh, baked phyllo. So when you take a bite of it, you've got all the flavours and slight textures of a spanakopita but served very differently. Wow, it sounds so cool. And uh, so have you brought this um, cherry kernel powder, this marlip, um, from um, that part of the world back to Australia? Yeah, yeah, uh, quite a few. Um, there's quite a few ingredients that we've had sourced and brought out. Um, Shinos is one of them. Another one, uh, gosh, oh, God, it's just um, uh, Tilion, which is um, this – Ooh, it's a spice, which is like a wild lime. It's traditionally used in um, in teas over there, but I use it to basically do a tea smoke on our duck. Um, trying to think what else we've, we've been getting out. Um, lots of the cheeses that we're getting out from uh, from that part of Greece. I mean, we're getting manuri out and we're trying to, we've been sourcing this smoked metzovo, which is a bit like a Greek-style provolone. Um, we've been able to source the most amazing uh, graviera from Crete that our supplier has been getting out for us. Um, so, yeah, slowly, slowly. I mean, you know, obviously it takes a bit of time to get stuff um, brought into the country to uh, bypass or to, you know, just to be able to get them on, um, what's the word? I can't even think of the moment. Brain's dead. Um, being, <laughs> That's be, the restaurant life. Yes. Um, once we get through quarantine, it's great, but it is quite an arduous thing to get through. So slowly, slowly, it's, yeah, we're able to get a lot of the stuff in. It must be, yeah, I imagine it's so resonant because, I mean, food from that part of the world, it's so anchored in place, isn't it? And just those special ingredients, those special touches. So Alpha on um, Castlereagh Street in, in Sydney is, um, you know, still part of the stable. Like how do you sort of balance out Alpha and Plus? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, well, it's just about to um, have its 10th birthday in a couple of months. So, oh, congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Um, oh, gosh, uh, very little sleep. I divide my time between both. I mean, I've got two amazing head chefs, one at Alpha and one at Plus. I divide my time between both of them. Um, I thought at my age I'd be slowing down a little bit, but I seem to be doing more hours than I ever was, and I'm loving it. I'm actually loving it. Um, I just uh, I, I do what I do at Alpha, um, you know, it's sort of my my take on traditional Greek and what we do down at Plus, and I just love sharing Oh, God, I know all the knowledge that I've built and all my dishes with my chefs and keep on um, reinventing in a sense. I mean, I, I said a long time ago, the day I no longer have a love for it or drive for it, it's the day I give it up. So knock on wood, I'm still not there. Well, I mean, I did want to talk about this, Peter, you know, 25 or more years in the industry. 30 in May, sorry to interrupt. Well, you you know better than I and let's definitely, you know, um, uh, yeah, like celebrate each one of those years and that incredible longevity. I mean, what is it that keeps you engaged? And, and what would you say to people 
that are wondering about their own longevity in the industry, you know, like attrition is is such an issue. Like what is it that keeps you excited, engaged, like looking forward? Learning, always learning, discovering new things. I mean, about the cuisine. I mean, I, I, uh, I said, um, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the, the more you know, the, the more exciting it is. I mean, knowledge is power in a sense. And for me, I love discovering things. Every time I go back to Greece, I might discover something I'd never seen before, some technique of cooking or some ingredient that I'd never heard of. And that drives me. I don't, I, I, it's a bit hard to explain. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the passion's always there. I, I, I love creating and I love sharing that with my customers and I love seeing people who have followed me through the years and are enjoying this journey with me. You know, they, the amount of customers that come in to the restaurant and say, oh, my God, I've been following Peter since Cosmos and Lenny's. I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? That's a big thing to hear people saying they've been following you through your restaurants over 30 years and they still want to share this journey that you're on. So that drives me. And my, I don't know, my advice for anyone starting out in the industry is just to absorb everything that they're taught in the kitchens they're working. I mean, no matter what industry you're on in, as I said, knowledge is power. Never feel afraid to ask questions, you know. Speak to your head chef. Ask him questions. I mean, even even the grumpy ones always have that utmost respect for an apprentice or a junior chef when they show a passion in cooking. So it's just, yeah, the, the more you ask, the more you learn, uh, the, I think the, the better it is. Well, there's a kind of fearlessness in the way that you speak and I think, you know, that was evident right at the beginning of your career when you first went into food. Can you tell us your um, incredible origin story? Yeah, well, that yes. Well, I, I don't know if they really happen these days. I mean, it was a different time 30 years ago. I don't know. I completed my degree at uni. I mean, I did a Bachelor of Communications and thought, yeah, I don't know if I want to get into journalism, no disrespect. I mean, I did end up writing a book and do write a bit, but it was just I was working at a restaurant part-time in the bar and I kept on walking into the kitchen saying, oh, my God, this world is amazing. And I, I, it sort of all culminated through when I finished uni, uh, I had this epiphany because throughout the years I kept on hearing a lot of people talking about, you know, their opinions of Greek restaurants, Greek food. So they, they, it wasn't a very positive, you know, opinion from people that I used to hear over the years. And it was annoying for me to have to defend myself saying, oh, well, you know, if you ate food at a Greek home, you'd see what it's all about. And I thought, well, that's pretty pointless because very few people, you know, are going to get that opportunity. And it just hit me one day. I was like, I would love to be able to showcase the food that I grew up with so people's uh, misconception in a sense would, would change about what I, you know, I know and love about Greek cuisine. So I was like 1993, I think it was in January. Gosh, I finally said, that's it, I'm doing it. I found a tiny little space in East Sydney and from the time I signed my lease till I opened my doors in May, I basically was renovating the place and teaching myself how to cook in a real kitchen, yep. So I had mum there for the first six weeks teaching me all the mother sauces and how to make filo and so on. From there, I just thought if I'm going to do this, I've got to do it in a way that I can't be compared to any other Greek restaurant because, you know, I'll be killed. So I basically create God, I don't want to sound like a wanker, but I created a cuisine since I created modern Greek. I did my reinterpretation of Greek food and luckily <laughs> worked for me so yeah more balls in than brains i'd say but you know 
I was I was fortunate enough to be able to do it. And what did your mum think of this uh, interesting direction? Hmm, well, after she cried for a couple of days about, what do you mean after five years of university <laughs> you, you want to cook for a living? Look, once she realised how much... I, I, how much I loved what I was doing and she saw what I was doing, they, they were fine. I mean, they're proud Greek parents. No matter what you do, you know, they're always going to love you for it. And I always kept on saying, hey, if it doesn't work out, I've always got something to fall back on. So Yeah. And, and um, tell us, Peter, like what was um, it like growing up in your Greek household? Oh, um, hmm. um, definitely, I mean, I don't know everyone says this, but it definitely revolved around the dinner table, the lunch table. I mean, everything, no matter if it was something good, something bad, a birthday, a celebration, it was always around food. Growing up, I never really paid a lot of attention to it, but I, I always remember seeing all my aunties, my mums, always together cooking, you know, making things. I don't know, it was, it was, it, <laughs> Food's a big part of our life, always was, always is. Um, for me, I never really cooked at home. I think the only thing I ever did when I was about, mum kept on telling me, I don't remember, I was about five years old, I'd get on a little stool and make her, make her and dad a Greek coffee in the mornings. That was about it. <laughs> Until I started. That's important though. That's foundational. Well, exactly, exactly. Um, but, yeah, it was always centred around food. I mean, gosh, there have been some hmm, very, yes, big, big moments in our lives over it. So, hmm, yeah, it was, it was, I think, like a typical Greek family. Most, I think pretty much all of them, all Greek families have that sort of commonality to it. So I, I guess, you know, you got the, those, um, those bedrock uh, recipes from your mum, but you were very creative from, an, from early on. If I say moussaka and scallops to you, <laughs> tell, me, tell me what story pops out. Ah, well, that's also about to celebrate its 30th birthday. That one, I, I don't know. I was, uh, you know, 30 years ago, I was a lot younger, a bit precocious, you know, a little bit ego-driven. I kept on saying, if I'm going to do things, it wasn't going to be the dishes that that had that people had a opinion about in Greek food, you know, your classic moussaka, your lamb on the spin and so on. And that dish came together, I don't know, almost, mm, I, it's a bit hard to explain. I was mostly like I was practicing some dishes in the kitchen. I was frying up some eggplant. I just sourced this amazing um, Codro from my suppliers at the time who were the flying screen brothers, John Seussman at the time, and I was making up a white tarama because all I remember everyone talking about was the pink stuff they could get. And while I was just having – just making up this white tarama and frying up some eggplant, he came in with these scallops to, to show me from Harvey Bay, and I was like, ooh, and I just started – I cooked one really quickly, put it in the in the scholar in the eggplant, added the tarama. I thought, oh, something's something's here, and from there it just built and became that dish. Yeah, that's so interesting. What a great story! And um, so John Sussman's a member of the this uh, little podcast network we got going on here. So anyone who hasn't oh, okay. listened to his Fish Tales podcast out every Friday, please have a listen. It is. Excellent, and I'm sure he'll be so tickled to hear you remember him with the, this story, Peter. Oh, he also remembers that I would have a lot of Greek people coming to the restaurant at the time and they'd see the word moussaka, ignore the rest of the what was written on the dish and order it and it would come to the table saying, not a moussaka, no, this is disrespectful, blah, blah. It took a lot of that with a lot of the dishes, but that was okay. It was a learning curve for everybody.
I wanted to ask you about this whole idea of immigrant cuisine and it's, I mean, Greek cuisine I think is a great example where I feel like, you know, so many Greeks came to Australia in the 50s and the cuisine, you know, pretty much got stuck in that era in a lot of, I think, in households and restaurants. You know, you've been back and forth to Greece a million times. Like, what's your perspective on that, you know, just about the way that it's almost like this... um, Uh, like a time capsule sometimes when, you know, that represents the stage that immigrants, or the the era that immigrants arrived in a new country? Look, personally, I feel that right now this is the greatest era for immigrant cuisine. I mean, God, the amount of restaurants that are opening up, um, showcasing that the food of their um, homeland is amazing. It's more and more. Look, it should never be forgotten. We as chefs can learn so much from uh, the cuisine, the cooking techniques, indigenous produce of our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. I mean, that's how I learned to cook. Um, that's how I, um, I was able to adapt the dishes that I did by learning this immigrant cuisine. I mean, it's important if you if you if you don't if you don't um, sort of, how would I put it, if you don't learn from it, if you don't try and find out more about it, it'll be forgotten and that'll be a shame. I mean, what it was, it no longer is. I mean, I think a lot of times, especially in the Greek cuisine, I mean, the 50s and 60s, a lot of people opened restaurants, opened them through necessity. They came here, it's all they knew, so they opened up, you know, those little um, tavernas and so on, and they were great. Um but it was it was more out of necessity for from what I knew from all those people and some still survive. I mean, there's one here in Sydney, the Corinthians, been around for almost fifty years. They've been going. I mean, it's been passed on to the grandchildren, and people love it because you know it is. It still defines that cuisine, that that classic Greek food. Um, and you see it in Greece. I mean, they went through a period where they shunned opening Greek restaurants for quite a while. It was all about, you know, interpretations of Italian or French or Thai. God, God, never have Thai in Greece. Sorry. Um, uh, uh, But now the younger generation, uh, I love it. I I see it a lot. They're they're doing a take on Greek food, be it purest traditional or their their interpretations of it. I mean, there's an amazing – oh, I might have closed. There was an amazing Greek restaurant doing their reinterpretation of Greek food called Funky Gourmet in Athens that uh, had won two Michelin hats and was it was in the top 100 uh, restaurants for quite a few years there because they just went right left field with their food and and I love seeing that I love that the those re, the, the younger generation chefs have respected that that cuisine you know the the, the, the old school stuff but um, have given it a respect in a sense where they're trying to showcase it a little differently you know with where we are now in our society so yeah that's it's important if that all made sense just then yeah, well, I think, I mean, it's such a huge topic. It just sort of makes me think of, I went to a um, a place in Melbourne recently, you know, the owners had moved from Athens in over in the last decade. And when they, they were, when they came here and they were like, whoa, the Greek food you guys are eating, like a lot of it's, you know, we're, we're not, we're not eating like that anymore. Um, so, but, I mean, in a way, you know, there's a charm in that. And as you say, like, there's that 
that honour or that respect in preserving things. But, at, you know, at the same time, the cuisine in the origin country moves on. So it's, I don't know, it's it's so, it's such an interesting topic. You could just imagine, you know, someone who was researching, you know, Greek cuisine would have to come to Australia to see this iteration of it. Because, of course, it's like maybe it, it started in the 50s here, but it's like, or the 40s, 50s, but then of course there's Australian ingredients, so it's going to have its own unique spin in that regard. It's um yeah, it's just really fascinating. Absolutely, for me one of the biggest things was many years ago. I uh, was after I'd read my cookbook, and I, I think I opened Eleni's or was it during Eleni's or Amiga? I can't remember. But I'd gone to this a restaurant in Athens. I was there doing a food tour. And all the people saying, you've got to go try this restaurant. They're doing this amazing reinterpretation of Greek food. I said, absolutely. Um, and I remember the name of it was called Left and Right. I just said, it was in the middle of Athens. And I went there. Um, I was with Maeve Amara. We were, we were doing, you know, our food tours there. And um, we went and we sat down. We looked at the menu and I giggled for a minute because uh, Maeve said, look at this. And my scallop musica was on the menu and my rabbit pie was on the menu and my crab and halloumi tart was on the menu. And, and I was, I don't know, I was like this proud dad saying, oh, my God, literally these, these guys have taken my cookbook. They're doing some of their own stuff, but they also had my dishes on there because I was so proud of it. It blew me away. I was, I, I loved it. I loved it. And I love seeing how what we were doing here had had been taken back to Greece in a sense. And I've seen, and it's not just me. I mean, I, I know uh, George Columbus has had that same um, impact on people with his Greek food over the years. And I love how much of a uh, our interpretation of Greek food here in Australia has had such an influence on the rest of the world. That is such a great story. I absolutely love that. That's very cool. Um, Peter, let's, I guess, step a little away from Greek food and just talk about hospitality in Sydney and, and Australia more broadly. Like, how how are you feeling about where the industry is placed? Um, you know, we've been through a strange time. It's, you know, staffing is, is an issue. You know, how are you feeling about skills, staffing, costs, all those juicy things? Oh, um, gosh. Uh, I think, look, everything... God, I hate talking about COVID, but post-COVID, it has been hard for everyone in this industry. I mean, produce is just insane. I mean, we need to respect where it's at, but it's just so expensive. Um, staffing has been hard. I mean, luckily, the borders are opening and we're getting some more people in. I mean, we lost a lot of great a great um, staff chefs and floor staff. So when everyone had to, you know, leave the country a couple of years ago, a lot of them haven't come back. Um it's getting there slowly, but it's going to take time. I mean, I know when I opened uh, Proust just over a year ago, it was really hard. It was just a couple of months from us coming out of lockdown. We could not find staff. No one could. I had, every chef was calling each other saying, got anyone spare? Got anyone spare? It was really hard. I mean, now it's slowly getting better. It's going to take a while. But, um, yeah, we just have to – I don't know. It's like anything. We just have to grin and bear it. It's just another obstacle we, we need to – you know, get over if we can. I mean, it's 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 going to be difficult for a bit longer, but it is what it is, in my opinion. Does it hold you back in terms of you know creativity or your ambitions for your restaurants? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, I'm in the I'm in the early well, kind of early stages of opening another couple of restaurants soon. One in Sydney and one not in New South Wales. <laughs> Ooh, can I twist your arm on that? 
<laughs> Brisbane, Brisbane. Oh. I mean, I, I, I did, I, I did have a restaurant down in Geelong um, for a while there for just about a year and a half, um, and we had to shut down during COVID. And we didn't reopen unfortunately because it was very hard on on my business partners down there to keep it going. Um, but I loved being down um, Victoria for a while. It was, I wanted to see, if, you know, I was treading my toes, see if it's going to work down there before I thought about doing something in Melbourne City, um, which might possibly happen soon too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to um, spread my food <laughs> throughout Australia. God, that sounds sad, but it's what I want to do. It's like uh, I, I still, I'm still driven to do all that. Oh, I love it. I mean, yeah, well, uh, speaking on behalf of the whole of Victoria, we would welcome your return. Uh, <laughs> but meantime, it's fine to come to Sydney and eventually to Brisbane as well to eat um, eat your dishes. Um, Peter, so fantastic to catch up with you. Uh, really grateful for the energy that you bring um, to the industry. And, uh, yeah, um, long live Moussaka with salts and other great delights. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.